You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. To help us spread the gospel of Jesus, give us a five-star rating. That'll help others find this podcast. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from Pastor Robert. Well, my wife and I drove to Dallas, Georgia. We left here Tuesday afternoon to spend some time with our oldest, to my knowledge, our oldest. Now, I think I might be wrong. I think I might be wrong. How old least is your dad? He's 97, so I'm wrong. But one of our eldest um, church members, and she is a charter member, been here from day one, and she's living in assisted living, and she is doing phenomenal, and she sends her love uh, to, to everybody. And man, before I left, uh, she laid hands on me and prayed for me, and it was a, a powerful God moment. I want to share with you what she told my wife and I. She lives in assisted living. She's got her own apartment there. She loves it. She's very active. And they bowl. I don't know. I think it's called we. They were laughing at me in the back. She said, Pastor, I bowl over 200 every time. She said, I play cards every day uh, with a good friend of mine. She's 104, the lady she plays cards with. 104. She cocked her head like this. She said, Pastor, she cheats when we play. (laughs) I said, how do you know she cheats? She said, I see her. She said, she takes a card and she throws it on the floor. She looked at me. She said, I don't get mad. She's 104. She can do whatever she wants. (laughs) Amen. I want you to turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. And while you're looking in your Bible, most of you don't even know that we have a medical team. One Sunday morning, my mother-in-law, she was unresponsive. And our medical team was right there multiple times, have been a blessing. Last Sunday morning, we had guests from Pennsylvania, and uh, my family, my first cousin, and uh, she had a spell during church, and our medical team was right there. And they thought, because she'd had strokes before, I'm thinking maybe it runs in the family, um, they thought maybe she was having a stroke and our medical team reacted. And while you all was out eating lunch after church, they were, st- they were still here with her and the rest of my family and until uh, the emergency squad got here and took her to UHC. Uh, I got this in the mail and I-, I just want to honor our medical team. My cousins, uh, it says from your cousins in Uniontown, They said special thanks out to the medical team at Jewel City Church. They were very professional and comforting. We would like to make a small donation to the medical team to help with supplies and needs. And uh, we're just so thankful for your prayers. And that is uh, uh, just powerful and it touched my heart. I said I wasn't going to ask you to stand, but if you're able, stand with me. The title of the message is Thinking About the Hereafter. Do you honestly think about the hereafter? Last week I preached on hell, and today I'm preaching on heaven. There's only two hereafters. And do you really think about heaven? There was a pastor, he went and he visited this real old man, and he was sitting there having a conversation, and The pastor said, sir, with all due respect, 
Because of your age, don't you think it's time to think about the hereafter? And the old, roman, the old man replied, I think about the hereafter all the time. He said, when I'm in the kitchen, I think about the hereafter. When I'm in the bathroom, I think about the hereafter. When I'm out in the garage, when I'm in the basement, I think about the hereafter. Every time I say, oh my, what am I hereafter? And I thought about that, and not until about 10 minutes before I went to the back this morning to pray with the, the choir, this thought came to my mind. Knowing I was going to tell this joke, this, and I believe the Spirit laid this on my mind, what are we here after? I, just, it, I was walking out of my office, knowing I was going to tell that joke, and the, I know the Spirit of the Lord said, what are we here after? Think about that. And I get sidetracked. And I get caught up with a lot of things. I like, I like to do things. But what are we here after? The only thing that matters is the presence of God and having a ticket stamp for eternity. Do you hear me? So today, let's think a little bit about the hereafter. Can someone say amen? amen. I might want to read the scripture, right? 2 Peter 3 and 9. <laughs> What am I here after? <laughs> Some of you didn't even get that. I drive by Mosby Coast sometimes with things on my mind. Drive right by our entrance. Get out down where the post office is. I get so mad at myself, I pull over and I turn around, I come back and I end up at the Ellis Drive-In. And I want to pull off the road. I've done this numerous times and say, honey, come get me because I, I, I don't know where I'm at. Need help. What are we here after? 2 Peter 3 and 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish. I heard it in Pastor Micah's prayer. But that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, and the earth also, and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Pastor Aaron, would you bless the reading of the word of God, please? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, you're worthy of all praise. Yes, you are. Lord, we come with an open heart today loving you, Lord God. Lord, I've heard a testimony of how some young lady had blood issues but she mm -hmm. went this week and it's all clear yes i heard a young lady who said i come because i need something today i heard a man say i couldn't come last week but i'm here today because i need to praise the lord mm -hmm. lord i'm here for the hereafter mm -hmm. but i'm here for the now lord god That's i'm right. filled up lord god but i know that you gave the shepherd a word for us mm -hmm. lord god that will overflow lord god this filled up cup so, Lord, help everybody, Lord God, no matter where they're at, empty, half full, or filled. Mm -hmm. Let your word touch, Lord God, yes, anoint God. and move, Lord God. May we see signs and wonders and mm -hmm. miracles, Lord God. Father, we come believing, Lord mm -hmm. God, that you are God of all. That's right. So, no matter where we are, mm -hmm. Lord God, we don't come with slackness. We come hungry to be filled, Lord God. 
Let your spirit move in this place, Lord God. Have your way. We ask your blessing all over the word and all over mm -hmm. us in the name of Jesus. Yes. And amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. That's right. Give God a great hand clap. Somebody give him a shout of praise. Verse 9 said, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. I've had people tell me, well, you, you people have been preaching Jesus is coming back for over 2,000 years. The timetable that God has is not our timetable. You need to know that. Why is Christ not returned to earth? There is one reason, because God loves man. God loves me. Do you hear what I'm saying? If the Lord would have returned before I got saved 38 years ago, I would have been lost for eternity. Verse nine said, not willing that any should perish. Also in verse nine, it says, God is long suffering. The word means God is patient with us. I don't know about you, but I'm glad God is patient with me. If I was God and some of the things I see going on, I'd just wink and they'd be gone. But thank God I'm not God. Can someone say amen? Very simple, God is slow to give in and God is slow to judge us, and God is slow to condemn us, and I am glad. And I want to read verse 10 again. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. The Lord could come this very moment. Before we ever leave here today, is your heart right with God? In the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, and the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Mark 13 and 35. Watch ye therefore, for you know not when the master of the house cometh, at even or at the midnight or at the cock crowing or in the morning. Watch. You had better watch. You had better be steadfast. You had better stay with the Lord, do you hear what I'm saying? In Matthew 24 and 36, but of that day and hour knoweth no man. Some of these ministries, they want to predict some of these pastors, the Lord is coming. Such and such day and time. That's not the word of God. The word of God said, but of, of that day and hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Matthew 24 and 44. Therefore be ye also ready. For in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. Now most of us, I, I, I believe I would be right. Most of us don't think much about heaven. We don't, it's not on our mind often, I should say. So how do we do how, how can I prove if I'm right or if, if I'm wrong in your life? You ask yourselves this question. Have I thought of heaven? Personally, have I thought of heaven in the last week? And I'd be surprised. I know I have. I've been preparing a message. I think I've been thinking of heaven more since my illness back in the spring. So why don't we think about heaven every day? Because we're squeezed by our jobs. Squeezed. We're squeezed by our finances. We're squeezed by our relationships. We're squeezed by our hobbies. You see, we become too busy. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, are you a busybody? <laughs> I got to take advantage of a couple places to laugh, all right? Life. Somebody say life. How can I describe life in the natural in one word? 
I would say, uncertain. Self-sufficiency is failure to recognize the uncertainty of life. You and I just cannot know what tomorrow will be. Now, don't get all spiritual on me and say, well, yes, we do according to the Bible. I'm talking about in the natural, Lynn. In the natural, you and I, none of us in this room can tell what tomorrow will be. We are in the dark. No way we can understand. We are completely in darkness. So I want you to think about tomorrow for just a moment. What could happen? There could be an accident. Can you imagine 150 plus people lying in their beds in a condominium on the beach in, in Miami, I believe, Florida. 1.30 something in the morning. The whole building drops. Nobody expected that. Nobody. Do you hear me? You don't know what tomorrow may bring. Illness last week. Norma Barati sitting right back there. This week, three blockages. Billy Riddle, last week, 38 years old, in our media room. Heart attack, I believe Thursday night, 38 years old, blockages. By God's grace, they're still with us. You don't know what tomorrow may bring. Do you hear what I'm saying? It could be a broken relationship. You could find out something about your spouse that you never imagined. And I pray not, but it happens. You don't know what tomorrow may bring. It could bring bad news. It could bring a lot of good news. It could bring death, Scotty. We all, we get that phone call. It could bring death. My pastor used to say, everyone will get a phone call that will change your life. What could tomorrow be? Financial loss, Rocky. I remember you talking to me years ago when the stock market fell. What could be? What could happen tomorrow? We just don't know about tomorrow in the natural. But in the spirit realm, we know that all things work for the good for them that love God and are called according to his purpose, that everything is going to be all right. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, but we don't know about tomorrow in the natural. Once we are born into this world, there is only one thing that we can know for sure. We, sooner or later, will die. Outside of the coming of the Lord, sooner or later, you and I will pass away pass away. Life is like a vapor. James. We don't talk about death. We don't want to think about it. We don't want to sit down and talk about it. Can I tell you, I think we need to talk about it. Huh? I think we need to talk about it. We might want to talk about it. We might want to talk a little bit more about heaven. Whew. Just the word heaven soothes my soul. Just to hear that word soothes my soul. We're just too busy. Listen to what James 4 and 14. He says, whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then it vanishes away. My. Life is like a vapor, and it appears... Uh, and then, and it can be seen, and then it's gone, and it can't be seen no more. I visualize pouring hot coffee in a cup, and the steam coming off, and you see it, and it's gone in no time. See, life is like that. It's not solid. That vapor was not solid. It was not substantial. 
It wasn't permanent. Life is that way. The end of life will come to everyone and you can't stop it. You can't stop it. But you can make preparation for it where there's no sting in the natural death and you can step out of this body and you can step into eternity with a new body and a new mind in the presence of God for eternity. Somebody give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. There was a survey. Those who believe in life after death lead happier lives here. You hear me? I said those that believe in life after death, they live a happier life on this side. Romans 15 and 13. Now the God of hope, the God of hope, fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. In a strong church, everyone is filled by the God of hope. I said in a strong church. You don't get filled from a strong preacher. You don't get filled by a strong praise team and a band and ushers and greeters and everything else that we are blessed. You get filled by the God of hope in a strong church. And I believe we are in a strong church and God is here and he wants to fill your cup up to the brim. God is the God of hope. Do you hear me? He's the God of hope, man. My goodness, he's the author of our hope. He's the foundation of our hope. Where is your foundation? My foundation is not on this world. He is the builder of our hope and he is also the finisher of our hope. And this thought come to my mind when I said he's the builder of hope. Look at your neighbor right now and say, neighbor, keep building. Look at your other neighbor, the one that's halfway asleep. Elbow him right now and say, neighbor, you got to keep building. Now, this scripture is a prayer. The things mentioned cannot be possessed apart from God. You can't find joy. You can't find peace. I've tried. I tried years ago to find it in fast cars and, and everything else. You can't find it. But God can give it to you. He can give you a peace that surpasses all understanding in the midst of adversity. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. It's a struggle. It's hard. But you got that peace, rock solid peace. Somebody say amen. amen. Listen to me. Each one of us have an appointment. It's called death. And you can't avoid that appointment. You can't change it. A friend of mine's going through difficult times he said to me, I'd give every dime I had, every dime that I own, I'd move back to a trailer in the worst part of town if my son didn't have to go through the cancer that he's going through right now. You could have every dime, have everything imaginable, but you ain't gonna stop that appointment. But you can step out of that appointment into the appointment of all into the presence of the Lord. Somebody say amen and give God a great hand clap of praise. And listen to what Hebrews 9 and 27. You may think you're gonna live forever in the natural. You can tuck it, roll it, twist it, lift it, but it ain't gonna save you from dying. <laughs> Hebrews 9 and 27. And as it is appointed unto men wants to die. And most times I jump right over that once. 
And I've got an underline. That word once means there's no second chance. You got one chance. It's called life. No second chance. Man has only one chance to be forgiven, one chance to be saved, one chance to be redeemed. Only one chance. This is your chance today if you don't know the Lord. And if you do know the Lord, everyone around you that does not know the Lord this week with the Mountain State celebration can be their chance, can be their divine appointment. Listen, we don't want to die. Death, though it's not our final destination, death is our only doorway to our final destination. Nobody wants to die. Man, I didn't want to die. I'm telling you, some people get up and say, I'm ready, I'd like to go right now. I'm not that guy. I like it. Right where I'm at. For now. When I said we need to talk about death, let me tell you, my wife had to talk about it. My wife and I had to talk about it. And it was difficult. And it was hard. And it's difficult for you to talk to your sons and your daughters and your parents and your neighbors about death. But you need to do it. You need to ask them. Because when you get that phone call unexpected and you don't know where their soul is and I've stood behind a podium and preached all kind of funerals where nobody knew where the individual was and if nobody knows I got a good idea probably where they're at. It's time we think about the hereafter. Someone say amen. Boy it's quiet in here isn't it? The question is not will we die? It's not the question. That's a fact. That's a fact. We will die. The question is, where will you and I be one second after we die? Jesus said there are two roads in life. Listen to this. I find this very interesting. In Matthew 7 and 13, he said, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many be there which go in there at many. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be. Now listen, it says, find it. Find it. What's that mean? This is not a picture of a man standing at the crossroads. What man faces is one gate, not two gates. Man doesn't face two gates. He faces one. Let's get that. There are two gates. There are two gates. But man faces and sees only one gate. When you're born, you only see one gate. You see the wide gate. You can't see the narrow gate. When you're born, you're born in sin. Nobody has to teach you how to sin. Nobody has to teach you how to lie. It's just in your nature. You're looking at one gate. And that's the wide gate. You can't see the narrow gate. Listen to what it says. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life and few there be that what? Find it. You got to search for it. You got to turn from the wide gate. You got to focus and look to find the narrow gate. And brother, once you step through the narrow gate, you don't have no desire to go back to the worldly wide gate. If you agree, give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. The charge here is forceful. Turn from the wide gate. Search and find. Unchurched people that we are targeting. I don't know if that's a good word or not. 
but I used it. For the kingdom of God, unchurched folks don't know that there's a gate they got to look for. That's why you and I have been sitting on our hind ends getting the word of God to grow us up off of the milk onto the meat so we can learn to be the disciples and to go to all the world and to tell everybody in our circle of influence that has no knowledge of God, has no idea that they're looking at the wrong gate. And they have no idea that they gotta look and search for the narrow gate. That's why we gotta tell them this week. That's why it's important with this Will Graham Mountain State celebration. Can somebody say amen? We cannot imagine, we cannot imagine what God has for us. The broad road leads to destruction. It leads to hell. And on that road, many people seem to think they're having a good time. I used to think I was having a good time. How do you have a good time when you're separated from your creator? When there's no relationship from your creator? How do you have a good time when you get in at three in the morning and you can't go to sleep because you got your head in a commode? Ain't nobody in here done that beside me. I went from seven o'clock roughly on a Friday night, sitting on a bar stool at the Odyssey Club to walking down the aisle at an altar an hour later at the Enterprise United Methodist Church, knelt down a beggar, came up a millionaire, knelt down a sinner, came up a saint of God, and the party didn't stop when I left the Odyssey Club. The party is still partying and it's going on for eternity because God showed up and touched me and changed my life. Has he changed anybody's life? Heaven, somebody say heaven. Without Christ, there's an emptiness in these people's lives. Without Christ, there's loneliness in these people's lives. Without Christ, there's insecurity in these people's lives. And you and I gotta tell them how that void can be filled. Someone say amen. And the narrow road, on the other hand, it leads to heaven. And listen to what 1 Corinthians 2 and 9 says, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. We cannot imagine what God has in store for us for the rest of our life here, and we can't even comprehend or come close to imagine what God has for eternity for those that love him. It's, it's conditional. Heaven is prepared for those that love God. Do you love him this morning? Knowing this ought to give us hope and courage Press on in life. You got to share Jesus. Stand with me this morning. Somebody come to the piano, please. Traveling on this road to heaven, it's difficult. I'm not going to lie. Because I really believe if you're living the Christian life on this road to heaven, it'll be difficult because you're going against the grain of society, you're going against the grain of the world. We're not to fit in. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. We are pilgrims that are passing through and our DNA ought to be different and our mindset ought to be different. Our culture ought to be different. Our talk ought to be different. Our walk ought to be different. And to be able to do that in this world, in 2021, you're going against the grain and people don't like it if you disagree with them. But I don't care if people don't like it. What I care about is my father likes what I'm saying and what I'm doing. If you believe that, give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. 
When I left the world, my fun wasn't over. It just began. And I mean that. With all of my heart, I love life. I love it, man. I love every day. I love it. When you're walking with the Lord, you've got a sense of destiny. <laughs> you hear that? You're not, some people say, well, uh, I'm just going to die and be buried. And that's it. No, 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 no. When you're walking with the Lord, you've got a sense of destiny and you've got a distinction of hope. Does anybody know that you've got destiny here today? Does anybody know that you've got hope in your life? If you do, give God a hand clap and shout of praise. When I was out in the world, they called it happy hour. What are you doing when happy hour's over? When I come to know Jesus, it was happy eternity. Happy life. Can someone say amen? If your life's been blessed and you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. When you and I, when we're walking with the Lord, we have assurance that the best is yet to come. And I believe that for our church. I believe it for my life. I believe it for my family. I believe it for your family. The best is yet to come. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, the best is yet to come. I'm going to ask you something when I'm closing here. Which road are you on? What gate are you looking at? If you've not searched and found the narrow gate, whether you're in this room or by live stream, and, and I forgot to welcome our live stream family, but we love you. So wherever you're at today, what road are you on? Our GPS, we went to Georgia, and when we stop somewhere and we start back up, it don't always activate until you, I'll say which way, I go left or right. She'll say, I don't know. You gotta go one way or the other, and then it'll tell you. <laughs> Am I right? Almost every time. I'll take a right. It's the wrong way. <laughs> then you got to drive a mile to find a place to turn around. You can turn around here today. Because you heard the GPS, it spoke to you. I like to be quick enough to think of something for GPS. God places spirit. That'll work. God places spirit in your heart. You can turn around today. Now, if you think for a moment you've got to get it all right before you get it turned around, it'll never happen because you're the one messed it up in the first place, you and the devil. What road are you on? What will be your final destination? Where will you be one second after you die? What right do I have or what right do you have to enter into heaven? What right? One second after we die, we'll have to answer that question. Most will answer with one of these answers. Just look at what I've done. Just look at what I've accomplished. I've lived a good life. If that's your answer, you're in trouble. You're in bad shape, man. You're in trouble. Because the Bible said in Romans 3 and 23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All. So if we're placing our good deeds on a scale of one to 10, 10 falls short. Because what you do isn't good enough. What Christ did on the cross is already done. 
your good enough ain't good enough. When he said it is finished, he stamped the ticket and he paid the fare. And all you got to do is accept the ticket. Second answer, some people say, what right do you have to come to heaven? Well, I think I'm saved. I hope so. I know I get in trouble for a lot of things I say. That's, a, that's, that's just being a blooming idiot. You hope so? You hope so. We're talking about your soul. We're talking about eternity. No man had to tell me, Kim, that I was saved. Nobody, no preacher, no choir, no nobody. Church membership didn't save me. Baptism didn't save me. The Holy Spirit touched my heart. Jesus saved me on a cross. And when I got up, no one had to say, Robert Singleton, said, you got saved tonight. I knew I was saved. Because when God moves in, you'll know it. So the third answer would be the right answer. Romans 10 and 9 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth of the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart, quit trying to figure it out with your head. Huh? That God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. When Jesus comes into the heart, the mouth will open up. <laughs> I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying this too, but I'm going to say it. By live stream, by WBOY, by anybody in this building, if you're in a church that says we're the only church going to heaven, you are in the wrong house. Because Jewel City is not your ticket. No denomination is your ticket. Jesus hung on a cross. His words, not mine, whosoever, whosoever. That's the only answer that'll get anyone into heaven. Every head bowed, I said all. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. He said a lot. I pray God touches your heart today. And I pray that not one individual would leave here. Turn the house lights up for me. Not one individual would leave here not knowing the Lord Jesus Christ in a personal relationship. And then those that know him this week, I challenge you. I encourage you to bring somebody to the Mountain State Celebration. Put your thumbprint on their eternity. Every head's bowed and every eye's closed. I don't want to hope so. I don't want to maybe. I don't want to know. I, I want you to know. I want you to have a know so. If you don't know so without a shadow of a doubt, and I'm not going to come to you, I'm not going to single you out, slip your hand up high and say, Pastor, today I want to know when I leave here. Put your hand up fast. Put your hand up. Somebody, anybody, anybody, somebody, somebody. God is speaking to somebody in this house. Is there one? Is there one? Is there one? I see your hand, sir. I see your hand. Somebody else. Somebody else. No, young people, no. Young people, no, you hear me? Not because you was raised in church, not because you went to vacation Bible school, because you went to the cross of Calvary. No, without a shadow of a doubt. Is there any others before we leave? Is there any others? Any others? So raise your head and open your eyes. Look right at me. Pray this prayer out loud. Don't be ashamed of it. Say, Lord Jesus, today, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Write my name down in heaven, Lord. I repent of my sins, and from this day forward, I'll do my very best to live my life for you. In Jesus' name, give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Come on, we can do better than that. We can do better than that.
Somebody give him a shout of praise. You're a good, good God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So somebody will get your name, your address, your phone number, and I will call you and have prayer with you. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. 